Welcome to another episode of the Daily. Hello, Janice here. It's Thursday, and wouldn't you know it, it's July already. Some of us are still having HBL, right? With our P1, P2, P3 kids at home. You may or may not want to do a celebratory dance once Friday is done. And if you do do such a dance, you know what? Tell me, and I'll join you. We can get all the parents together, get our groove on. And we will make it as our contribution to the city's YouTube channel. Might be the most watched video ever. One of the things I have had to work on on myself is learning to listen, especially since getting married and having kids. And like I say, with many things, much of what puts us to the test is when we relate with people. That is why marriage and parenting sure brings out the worst in people and the best in people. Listening, for example, for some of us can be a real challenge for a myriad of reasons. And this is not just for the extroverts, but also for those who consider themselves introverts. In fact, I would say few of us can claim we listen very well to others. Much of it I think it's due to our lifestyles, city life, the pace of our day-to-day, also the things we're conditioned by, namely the media that impacts our attention span, our narcissistic tendencies, or the draw of what is sensational or fascinating, sometimes an exchange of what's true and real. And then there's our ability to relate beyond the superficial level, or should I say our inability to relate beyond the superficial. These are just some factors which I think have a bearing on how we listen to each other. Having said that, I'm sure we all want to be genuine listeners, right? We recognize we're not great at listening, not always, even if it's some of the time, and we can always be better. We also recognize we want others to listen to us well. We often don't feel heard or that people close to us are listening or hearing us. I recall many years ago while I was having a serious conversation with my senior pastor at the time. I was sharing about some difficulty I was having with the ministry I was leading, some problems I was facing with some individuals and how I was trying to resolve those issues. I was just pouring out my heart, basically. The next thing I know, he was offering solutions for those problems with good intention and steps to take, some logical steps for me to take to solve those things. Here's what you can do, you know, one, two, three, etc. I pulled back and I paused and I, you know, responded as honestly and politely as possible. Um, Reverend, could you not offer a solution, at least not now? And he had this surprised look on his face. Well, why not? I said, well, I just would like to share and share freely from my heart. And unlike other times, you don't need to tell me how to fix these problems today. And his eyes widened some more. He was genuinely surprised. And he said, you mean you are sharing not so that I can help fix the problem you just want to share? It sounded incredulous to him, I think, from his expression. I nodded and I replied, yeah, actually, sometimes I think people just want to share, but you don't have to fix their problems. So he paused, he thought for a while, and then he nodded a quiet okay. And for some reason, that discussion left a mark on me. After that, he and I 
both have recounted this incident on some occasion and, and we've laughed about it. We can all always be reminded that it's okay, in fact, it's necessary, that we learn to simply listen. James chapter 1, verse 19 says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And this verse we often use to you know, teach about not responding in anger, too impulsively, to not say hurtful words because you'll regret them later, to hold your tongue, not to react but to hold your tongue because words spoken cannot be taken back. Yeah, we have of course heard teachings like that. They're good and valid for sure. But as I'm reflecting on listening and I think about this verse, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. I'm revisiting it from the angle of listening in the sense of really hearing the other person. I'm revisiting what quick to listen looks like in the sense of being more present, more attentive, more attuned to the being of the person that I'm relating to in a way that helps me become a better listener and a better responder. To simply listen while choosing to be slow to speak in the sense of being slow to give answers or unsolicited advice, slow to offer glib solutions to his or her problems, slow to try to fix things for him or her because I may have a tendency to, maybe out of carelessness or a need to be needed or because I feel I'm expected to or because simply listening takes more patience, more time, which I don't have. The funny thing is, I can be very conscious of this when I'm talking with somebody, like a friend, a relative, or a teammate, when they're confiding in me about something, or talking about some challenge. But when it comes to my husband or my kids, or other real close friends, I forget easily. Mommy, I'm trying to build the tallest ladder in the world, but it keeps breaking. Mommy, I want to use these cushions to make a bed for my dinosaurs, but they keep sliding away. Dear, I've been trying to find a way to get this done, and I'm so frustrated I cannot figure it out. Now, as a mother, a wife, I am programmed to be a fixer, so... I can quite immediately tell my kids, oh, you know, you should build it like this, or okay, let me show you, do it this way, or here's what you should have tried. And having been in some form of pastoral years for, for pastoral role for many years, man, it, it can be even easier to fall into fixer mode all the more if I'm not careful, even though I truly consciously try my best not to carry myself that way. I sometimes tell my husband, you know, you can listen better. But the truth is, a lot of times I fall short of letting him pour out his heart to me to vent, to just say what he's thinking and feeling while I really sincerely listen without retorting or, you know, having counter responses. Oh, what can I say? I need to keep learning. I would venture a guess that you are in some ways similar. Whether you're a spouse, a son, a daughter, a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, a close friend, a colleague. Your natural compulsion when friends or family come with a problem is maybe to offer advice or do something for them, whatever it is that you're able to or is within your power to do to make the problem go away. 
when we listen to our family members or friends while they're sharing their circumstances with us we're only half listening how many of you say that's me i've done that half paying attention because in our heads we're focusing on the ways they can go about fixing things what they should do or what we want to say when they're done talking right Although we often want to give advice, corrections, out of real good intentions, if we are honest, the driver behind some of our advice has to do with self-interest, just as much as, if not more than, our interest in the other person's needs. And then when it's taken wrongly, ill-timed advice or advice carried out without the person really grasping what he or she is doing, it ends up causing more harm than good. Parker Palmer, whose writing I've come across and I found insightful and enriching, wrote in his article called The Gift of Presence, The Perils of Advice, these following thoughts. Here's the deal. The human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. He's speaking about human relationships here. He goes on, it simply wants to be witnessed to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. When we make that kind of deep bow to the soul of a suffering person, our respect reinforces the soul's healing resources, the only resources that can help the sufferer make it through. Think on that. A human soul doesn't want to be advised or fixed or saved. It simply wants to be witnessed, to be seen, heard, and companioned exactly as it is. And when we make that kind of deep bow to the soul of a suffering person, he says, our respect reinforces the soul's healing resources. It's a good reminder for me, and perhaps for you too, to recognize the journey of another person to be unique and, uh, you know, sacred, and learn how to simply be a listening ear at times, at many more times, on many more occasions, rather than having to be a helping hand every time. It's true in our relationships, in our discipleship, in our calling. To be a holding space for people, for someone, with patience, with compassion, we're freeing up space to allow them to encounter the great counselor, the best counselor, and in him find their own answers, while we are alongside to support, to accompany, to co-discern, to witness, to God's guidance in their lives. And actually, when we do that, when we deliberately choose to do that, it's powerful. It is actually acting justly towards other people. And despite it requiring more patience, more time, it is so much more rewarding and fruitful, not so much for you, but for the person you're listening to. This is not to say that we don't ever give counsel where counsel is needed. It's one thing if someone does ask for advice and really need uh, pointers and, and all that. Of course, you'd give advice, direction, even instruction in those times. Do that, definitely. Well, I am saying we tend to be weaker with our listening muscle in our ability to simply listen. So as people of presence, we can pay closer attention to when people just want to be seen and heard, when people just need to pour their hearts out and know they're not fighting alone and be given empathy and support that is gentle yet steady, quiet and unassuming. 
We can be that type of family member, or friend, or co-worker, who is quick to listen, slow to speak. Can I invite you to take the next couple of minutes to just be still, and in silence, turn your whole attention to God to hear Him speak to you, right where you are at right now. Be still and commit your thoughts to Him. Lord God, quiet my mind and still my heart. Think of the relational engagements you will have over the next couple of days. God, who will I be talking to or meeting with? If it helps, you can list it down on paper or in your mind. Now, how might you need to curb any tendency to be in fixer mode? How might you not listen well or listen deeply? Pray and express your struggle in your own words. Now ask God to help you grow in being able to simply listen, to hold space. Pray for God to help you in this. As we end this podcast, let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for being the best counselor, the best comforter, the best teacher. We come and ask that you help us to grow in learning to listen, listening to you, listening to others, listening to even the movements in our own hearts, to listen well, to listen deeply. Help us to not rush, to be too quick to offer solutions or advice when listening is needed. Help us to hear where people are at in their hearts. Help us to um, be willing to posture ourselves to be like your ear to others. Teach us your patience, 
teaches your wisdom so that we may help others find answers in you and to learn to walk with each other in our journey closer to you and closer to each other. We ask this all in Jesus' name and receive your help with gratitude. Amen. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Daily. We will see you in the next episode and have a great day. Hey, Pastor Andre here. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Daily. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, you can look us up on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website www.thecity.sg for more information. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace.